$90 a month. Is that an amazing value or what? Even more amazing, you can add up to four lines with unlimited gigs for $30 each, all on Boost's crazy fast nationwide network. And did we mention that your first month is free for your new lines? Plus, when you switch, you can get up to four free Samsung Galaxy phones. Goodbye, Metro PCS. See you, Cricket. Hello, Boost, and the best family plan ever. What are you waiting for? Visit a Boost mobile store today. Offer ends 6117. Primary line must be on $50 plan. Video streams optimized at 480p plus. Music up to 500 kilobits per second. And cloud gaming up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization applies during congestion. Three month credit for each additional line is $30. Max four additional lines. Credit applied at time of activation. Free phone requires port in and activation on $50 plan while supplies last. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's time for the Sports Blast. Ashish Sharma. I am going to smack you so hard. Pain in the ass. I will smack it's your face off of your face. Ryan Roach. He can get on base, he can walk, he can hit, and he can steal back. That's the key. They missed that element last year in the leadoff position. Sports. Dave Pollard. is facing more outrageous scoring chances. In a weird way, the defense sucking as much as it has. He's becoming more adept at making bigger saves. He's absolutely right. And Mark Lizelle. You have a great coach of Brad Stevens. You want him to stick around. You want him to have confidence in this team. Here's the key part. You start winning games that matter. Down the stretch, you have to win these games. Their playoff implications are on the line. The Sports Blast. What the hell are you doing? Only on ESPN New Hampshire. This is awesome. This is awesome. Oh, no, 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 What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Sports Blast here on ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. I'm Ashish Sharma, joined by David Pollard and Mark Lazell. No Brian Roach today, guys. No, no Brian. Brian is uh, off today, and uh, it's just the three of us. Mark, welcome back from your camping trip. Yeah. How was that? It was great. Uh, it we, was... Had a, we had a good time making fun of you last week. Well, I, I know that because I was listening to it um, on the way home. But, um, no, it was good. I mean, I caught a couple of fish. Um, I came in second in the fishing contest uh, with the one-pound, one-ounce fish. Uh, the winner was one-pound, one, uh, 14 ounces. So, um, it, was, it was a good time. I mean, I go every year. Uh, it's an annual thing. So, it was a fishing trip or a it, camping trip? It was a mixture of both. But it was like living luxury because we had an 18-by-36-foot uh, tent where we put, like, a TV, a couple of uh, tables just to – you know, gamble a little bit. So it was like, it was fun. It was like a different type of camping. We never experienced it. You know, that's, that's like I've my type of camping. I thought you guys were like sitting around like a campfire no. and roasting marshmallows and making s'mores. And that's not even including the food. Like we had lobster, we had steak. What kind we, of a camping trip? Have, Dave, have you ever been on a camping trip like that where you're getting freaking lobster and you're sitting around, you know, playing cards watching and gambling and watching TV? No, I have not. What the hell kind of camping trip is this? How'd you it manage was... to get a television out there? So we actually uh, used a, a tether app to get to a fire stick. And then the fire stick, we streamed it onto a TV. So we just HDMI'd it. Don't you have to plug in the TV? Yeah. Yeah. How do you plug that in? Oh, we got cords. What the How do, wait, But where's the outlet? There's a power There's a power uh, outlet right next to the This the isn't camping. This isn't camping, camping dude. Is camping. This is no longer there's, the wilderness. No, there's, there's like an informal, <laughs> unwritten rule about camping. I told no you. No technology. 
And I, if you need technology, it's minimal technology. I told well, you, no, this, this, is mo- this is modern yeah, camping. Yeah, it's luxury. So it's, it's it's not camping like the way we remember it when like we went as kids. Like I used well, to go I camping as a kid. You never <laughs> no. went camping. No. I used to go camping a little bit as a kid. Now I'll never. I, I I would never say that I was like a camping aficionado or anything. But I did the normal. You know, like hey, let's go camping. Whatever, like we never had technology back then. It was kind of one of those rules where it's like no cell. Fo- well, then again, in the '90s, there were no cell phones, anyways. But right. it was kind of like you know, no technology. So I don't know what the hell this is. Wait, this is you live in the r- wrong survival of the fittest, man. This You're supposed so to have a compass and a paper map. Exactly. Mm, nope. You're supposed to mark your location and and leave trails so that you can find your way out of the woods. We don't live in the 1900s anymore, guys. But it was a better time. It was a better time. <laughs> it was a better time. It was a simpler time. We got a lot to talk about. A today, lot. Guys. A busy oh. week. A very, very busy week. The Bruins will face the Ottawa Senators in Game Two at 3 p.m. today. The Celtics also start their postseason tomorrow at 6:30 against the Chicago Bulls. And of course, uh, we will get to this. We won't spend too much time on it, but I do want to get to Aaron Hernandez in the second hour. The double homicide in 2012, guys. He was acquitted. Found not guilty. That mm-hmm. verdict came down yesterday and was actually quite shocking. And uh, we'll talk he did about. It? Yeah, we're all convinced. <laughs> I was talking to Dave at the, at the Boston Herald yesterday, and he was like, "This is BS. He com- he's definitely oh, he's guilty. So, he's so he did it. it. He's, he's a gangster. So, so yeah, this is like OJ all, all over again. And we'll talk about the implications because apparently uh, now they might try to appeal the Odin Lloyd case, uh, in which uh, in 2013, of course, he murdered Odin Lloyd execution style and is serving a life sentence for that one. And uh, the implications are now that he might. You know, his lawyers, I should say, might go and try to revisit that case and see if they can overturn it. Good luck. Yeah, good luck with that one. There's a lot of heavy evidence in that that's going to be hard to overturn, unlike this case. But we will get to that as well. But let's kick things off with the Bruins. Um, As I mentioned, we'll be taking on the Senators in Game 2 today. They stole one! In game one, I did not see that mm-hmm. one coming. They right out, right out from underneath the Senators, they they stole that game. You don't get outshot 12 to nothing in a period in hockey and win that game. The 10, if you have zero shots in any period, you're getting slaughtered. And the Bruins were in that second period. They could not figure out the trap. They couldn't figure out a way to get into the to get the puck into the Ottawa zone. And then in the third period, everything just turned around. You know, they figured something out there. They were able to move the puck past that neutral zone trap. It's the most annoying thing ever. It's that 1-3-1 that we actually saw back in 2011 yep. when Guy Boucher coached the Tampa Bay Lightning. Right. And they had a seven-game series against Tampa in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's the same neutral zone trap. It's the 1-3-1. It's the most boring strategy you can implement in a hockey game. And I'll tell you what, that's why Ottawa lost, and it's why they deserve to lose that game and if they keep playing like this going forward they deserve to lose the series playoff hockey is about going full throttle for 60 minutes and that one three one trap is a strategy that you lose ultimately what it is is you're always on your heels you're packing it in it's what we used to complain about with Claude all the time he's packing it in too much but by nature by playing defense the entire game the other team is getting scoring chances now they're they're good at preventing any type of offensive attack, but when when the puck gets into their own end, the Senators suck. They can be exposed in their own end, and they can't score goals. They were a minus two coming into the playoffs. The only team that was a minus uh, in the plus-minus category coming into the playoffs is the team you're playing against. Right, and the Senators had the Bruins number the entire season, and of course, you know, over the course of, uh, I would say, two or three seasons now, 
Um, so it's not out of the, the nature for the Bruins really to have a wake-up call. I think, you know, the, the period two was probably the worst period that they played the entire season. That was it's, bad, man. That, that, it was awful. Like, there was no puck movement. There was a ton of errors, um, you know, missed assignments. Um, and it happens. It does happen to play off, like, um, atmosphere. You know, especially with the young team that they have. You know, they of course, they have some veterans, but... You know, on the back end, they you know Brandon Carlo. They have you know McAvoy, who's coming along nicely. So, you you gotta look at this team as you know maybe it is promising. Maybe it's a good thing for them to you know have that type of issue during that type of game. Well, I'll tell you this: in terms of playoff hockey, this was a great road win Incredible. for the Bruins yeah. because oh, yeah. because what you want to do when you're on the road in the Stanley Cup playoffs is keep it within a goal yep you know so Tuka Rask by the way can we get like yeah, little you, slow clap yeah. for Tuka we'll this guy's right. taking so he's taking so <laughs> much crap this whole season you know and it's justified as well he he's the last two years he has uh you know decided he's taken off the bigger the biggest games it happened again this year that Islanders game we talked about it at the time the Bruins were out of the playoff picture. They had lost four straight. Tuca just played his worst game of the year, giving up five goals to Tampa Bay. And then he's out of the Islanders game. You have to put Hudobin in it. Now, Hudobin did a great job, obviously. They get that off six wins in a row. But here's where Tuca needs to step up. Because this is what the NHL playoffs are really about. And if you watch any of the other games, the teams with the hot goalies right winning every game. Jake Allen and St. Louis... Just won the St. Louis Blues two games. Mm -hmm. All on his own. He made 52 saves in an overtime win the other night in a 2-1 to -one victory. When you have the hot goalie, you're going to win that series nine times out of ten. And, and Dave, I want to allude back to what you talked about. I think it was uh, two previous shows, the Type A versus the Type B. Mm -hmm. And I, I saw a mixture of both from Tuca in that game, you know, where he actually, you know, took the uh, you know, initiative to go and dive for the loose puck or mm -hmm. you know, to stay in his zone. So he was stationary, but he was a freelancer at the same time. A little more aggressive, definitely. It, exactly. And, and what I noticed from him was that he was actually fighting through screens to see the puck. Uh, and he, he made a couple great saves down the stretch where I was like, I, I think I was standing with you, Ashish, towards the end. Mm -hmm. One save he made with like two minutes left, they got a 2-1. This traffic, and I said to you, I don't even know how he saw that puck. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, you know, and that that's been a knock on Tuca. He doesn't battle. He doesn't fight through screens. Sometimes he's a little too technical with his technique. This was a good blend. It was. He was still very technical. But it's like I said, when, when that type of goalie is on his game, he's just as good as the other type. Right. You know, to an extent, it's more consistent because you're trying to remain technical and focused. Conservative. You know, but then you watch Henrik Lundqvist play in game one where he gets a shout-out against the Montreal Canadiens, and you're going, that, it's just unbelievable. The saves that Lundqvist makes, and the, uh, similar with Jake Allen, if you watch him play, you're going, holy crap, what a save. Like, But there's something to that because that type of goalie makes the saves look a little more difficult. When Tuca's on his game, every stop he makes looks easy. And that's the sign of a really good goalie. When it, when you're in position, you're in control, you're controlling your rebounds, that's huge for Tuca. And he seemed to be at the top of his technical game, and that allows him to make all the saves that he's got to make. And it reminded me of that Pittsburgh series a couple years ago when they were in the play, when they made that uh, cup run against Chicago. Right. Tuca's at the top of his game right now. You need him going forward. So just for Bruins fan up on Tuca, 
you're going to be leaning on this guy. He was the best player Although on the ice. It was on justified, Wednesday. though. The criticism that he endured absolutely. during the regular season he was need, absolutely justified. He needs to step up. He needs to step up. He needs to be your best player this series, and probably if you're going to make any sort of run going forward, he's got to be your best guy. Right, and Rask was really engaged throughout that entire game. I mean, even you know during the second period, I mean, he still stayed up on his toes, make sure that you know he was dotting his eyes and crossing his t's on right. all details. And I, I think it was good that um, you know Cassidy put him in a vulnerable position throughout the season to say, you're not that great of a goalie. He basically called him out. Oh, totally. So He, he pushed all the right buttons with the goalies. That's what you got to do to get the best out of every So is that something though. that Claude wasn't doing? Absolutely not. Claude doesn't push those kinds of buttons that Cassidy likes to push. And you can see it even with the line changes. His, he, Cassidy, unlike Claude, will change his lines when it's not working. And he'll do it quickly. If something is not working on the ice, he's going to change it Whereas for Claude's it. more stubborn and will just... Claude sticks with his four mm -hmm. lines. His four lines, he rolls them out. They're all the same all the time. And you know what? I, I said it at the time. Claude would have put Tuca in in that Islanders game because he's the best goalie. But you know what? There was still plenty of games left to make up ground. Yes, you were out of the playoff picture, but it wasn't by much. And Cassidy had the balls to go to his backup there and say, hey, to the media. He goes, you know what? When the guy, when this guy's in net, Hudobin, he's a battler. And the, and the players feed off that. Just a little shot in Tuca's direction. You this need guy that. battles. You need that. And, and what happens after that? Tuca wins five straight. He got pissed. He won five in a row after that, yeah. and he got he got back to the things that make Tuca a great goalie. Yeah. So here we are now in the playoffs, and he looks like he's at the top of his game. Bruce Cassidy deserves a lot of credit for the goaltending here because if you remember the backups, were uh, Hudobin was like zero and three with Claude, and he he was six and zero before finally losing that uh, the season finale to Washington. To Washington, yep. So and Hudobin's not going to uh, see playoff time, you know. So Tuca's the guy you are leaning on this guy to win you this series. And I just want to say another thing, because I mentioned, great road win. You know, he stands on his head, and the players come out there in the third period, and they know. We're within a goal. When you're Bruce Cassidy going into that third period, yeah, there's adjustments, because you got outshot 12 to nothing. So you go over your adjustments and how you're going to beat that neutral zone trap and get some uh, attacking zone time. But you're also saying, just go win the third period, boys. 20 minutes left. You're down one. You need to win the third. No matter what, you win the third, you're at least seeing overtime. And I know it's a small sample size, but you can kind of you know compare it to how the Patriots were down and out you know throughout the entire game sure. you know, through the Super Bowl, and you know somehow the Bruins came back and did the same thing. So I, I guess you know when you when you face adversity, you get the best out of you. Absolutely. And speaking of adversity, just to amplify how gutsy this game one win was by the Bruins. Uh, Brandon Carlo out with a concussion for Game 1. Tori Krug out with a lower body injury for Game 1. David Krejci left the game during warm-ups, so now you're short a forward. Colin Miller ended up getting injured midway through the game, so now you're short a defenseman. Uh, Pasternak ended up moving up to that top line. He had a good game, but wasn't able to get any shots on goal, which is crazy because he had two breakaways. Yep. So Pasternak didn't have his best game. Marchand didn't even have his best game despite him scoring that game-winning goal. That was Nasty. right That was right place, right time. The yeah. puck bounced to him, and he had a wide-open net. Rifled it in. But I think Marchand was playing a little timid after, uh, after taking that penalty. Uh, you know, being suspended for two games, he actually had a penalty called on him. That had no business being called. A little bit of stick work. He ended up going to the box, tripping, you know. Tripping, so, yeah. and, which was BS. What a terrible call by the refs there. 
But, you know, that gets that can get in a player's head. Oh, so now anytime I tap a guy with my stick, I'm going to get called because of my reputation. Which, Marshan, you earn that reputation. You do. You know, you earn that reputation. You're going to get those little ticky-tack calls now. Yeah. So you can't be surprised when Marshan just uh, lays a little finger on an Ottawa senator, especially when you're up at the Canadian Tire Center in Ottawa. You're going to get called now, Marshan. So, but you can't let it knock you off your game. If you're Brad Marchand, he's a 40-goal scorer. You need him playing his game. And I heard the sound bites uh, last week, you know, Marshawn hitting, you know, the, the guy right in the gonads, you know, with the stick. I mean, they're going to be looking at you, targeting you the entire time, making sure that you're all on your cylinders, you know, playing disciplined hockey because these refs aren't going to take any crap from Marshawn no moving way. forward. Oh, no way. And, we're, and I know uh, we're running out of time in this opening segment here, but the next segment we're going to get into uh, how the Bruins managed to sort of overcome that neutral zone trap that is so frustrating to watch. Um, and it was the 19-year-old Charlie McAvoy. Oh, yeah. You know what? I, I wasn't expecting him to be out there uh, all that often. Unbelievable. He, he was second in time on ice to anyone. That's crazy. Not just second on the Bruins. He was only second on ti- for time on ice to Zidane Chara. And if you look at the stat sheet, it's nothing to write home about. But if you watch the game, this kid's legit. And he looks like he belongs. Yeah, do the eye test. So, I mean, we're going to get to McAvoy a little bit more in the next segment. But a gutsy win for the Bruins in game one. And a win you really need. Obviously, every, every game gets a little more amplified in the playoffs. But you can see the hate brewing a little bit. That Borowiecki or whatever his name is on Ottawa. Dirty player. That knee-to-knee hit on Colin Miller, that's your villain right there. So crap. one game, you already have this blood-boiling hate with Borowiecki. You've got yourself a villain. The hate's only going to build. Did anyone else miss playoff hockey? I missed oh it. Oh, my God. I missed it. <laughs> like, I, I realized that playoff hockey is the best playoffs my God. in it, sports. It's one of those things where, like, you know, it's like a movie that you always loved when you were a kid, and then you, you don't watch it for a long time. You come back, you watch it, and you go – God, I forgot how awesome this movie is. The the NHL playoffs, Bruins fans, if you forgot, oh, you got a reminder on Wednesday of how awesome it is. It is the best of sports. It's the best that sports has to offer. And this was game one. Yeah. You, you have heart palpitations down the stretch there. Seeing uh, uh, Carlson make a pass to Stone in the slot and Tuca has to make a ridiculous save with five seconds left and a mad scramble ensues mm. and Jack Edwards is freaking out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. You, you have to love it. You have to love the NHL playoffs are back in Boston. 603-883-9900. A lot to get to on the show today. <laughs> God, I love Jack. <laughs> a lot to get to on the show today. The Bruins, the Celtics, of course, Aaron Hernandez, as well as the Red Sox. On the table, it's the Sports Blast on ESPN New Hampshire. Don't go anywhere. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed.
If there's one thing the pros at Advance Auto know, it's parts. Advance Auto Parts and Batteries. This is Sabrina. Hey, Sabrina. My car needs an oil change. We do have five quarts of Mobile One Synthetic for $29.99. That's a great price, right? It's a pretty good deal. Sounds good. It will protect your car in all seasons. Hey, you know your stuff. Why do British singers lose their accent when they sing? I'm sorry? Advance Auto Parts. We know everything about auto parts. Now get five quarts of Mobile One Full Synthetic or Mobile One High Mottage Motor Oil and a Mobile One Filter for... On the TuneIn app, we are 1250 ESPN New Hampshire. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to. Nope. I'm sure you've got a perfectly good excuse. Kids, work. (laughs) I get it. You're busy. So what better time than now? Let's begin. Raise one finger if you're a man. Ladies, none yet. Oh, count in your head if you're driving. Now, three more fingers for everyone over 60, two over 50, one over 40... One more if you're not physically active. Another finger if anyone in your family has type 2 diabetes. Another if you've got high blood pressure. If you're overweight, raise another finger. Two if you're very overweight. And three if you're really overweight. You've just taken the world's first audio prediabetes test. And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Radio and television have been part of your daily life for as long as you can remember, so why not make a career out of it? Visit NHAB.org, the online home of the New Hampshire Association of Broadcasters, to learn more about over-the-air broadcasting. Interested in pursuing a career in radio or television? Whether it be on the air or behind the scenes, many Granite State stations are looking for motivated people just like you. Visit our online job bank at NHAB.org to view current job openings and even post your resume for potential employment. You can also access a list of upcoming job fairs in New Hampshire as well as NHAB-sponsored events. Students, if you're studying over-the-air broadcasting, apply for the NHAB Student Broadcaster Scholarship and learn about available internships at local stations. It's easy to navigate, full of useful resources, and it's only a click away. NHAB.org, the online source of Granite State Broadcasting. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. Aaron Hernandez was found not guilty yesterday for a 2012 double homicide that took place in Boston's South End. After six days of deliberations, the jury acquitted the former Patriots tight end on every charge except unlawful possession of a firearm. Hernandez is still serving a life sentence for the 2013 murder of Odin Lloyd. The Bruins are back in action today. They will take on the Ottawa Senators in Game 2 of their first-round series. Forward David Krejci has been ruled out for the game. He's dealing with an upper body injury and did not practice with the team yesterday. Puck drop at Canadian Tire Center in Ottawa is at 3 p.m. You can catch the game on NBC. The Red Sox fell to the Rays 10-5 last night. Rick Porcello was rocked, allowing eight runs over just four and a third innings of work. He was tagged for four homers, including a grand slam by Logan Morrison in the third inning. Porcello on the season is now 1-1 with a 7-5-6 ERA. Ooh. The Sox will turn to Chris Sale today. He'll be opposed by Jake Odorizzi. First pitch from Fenway is at 4:05, And the Celtics will kick off their postseason tomorrow at the Garden. They'll be opposed by Rajon Rondo and the Chicago Bulls. Tip-off in that game is at 6:30. Those are your Sports Center updates. Be sure to listen live on ESPNNHradio.com as well as the ESPN Radio app. And check us out on TuneIn. I'm Ashish Sharma. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues right now.
think about you know the the, the ice time or the numbers. I kind of just sit there and and wait for for coach to call my name, and then I just try and bring it every single shift. So I mean, it's uh, it's it's great to see that they that they trusted me and, and gave me the ability to to kind of learn through my mistakes tonight. Did you feel them getting tired on the ice on that long shift when you guys were out there winning battles before you scored? Uh, yeah, I think I think we were kind of tired too. You know, it was a long shift for for both uh, both teams there. And you know, just out there with a group of guys like that, with a, with a forward line like that, and, and Char obviously, uh, you know, they were so good at reloading. You know, and we just kept puck after puck after puck, and then you know we were able to get that fortunate bounce there, and it turns out to be the game-winning goal. So that was that was awesome. Was, was there a moment you felt like you kind of settled in, or was it kind of adrenaline the entire time? What did you feel like you sort of settled into? The game? Uh, no, I think uh, you know, I think my first shift was a little bit nervous. You know, I ended up. Hitting, hitting Nash in the butt on a dump in, kind of got back and and laughed it off and said, "All right, you know, I got that one out of the way. Let's uh, let's play some hockey." Bruins rookie Charlie McAvoy talking about his NHL debut. Dave, I was telling you, hell of a time to have a debut, right? Like, welcome to the NHL, rookie. We're gonna throw you into the ring right off the bat. Sorry, I didn't put myself on there. No pressure, right? Like, for McAvoy, no pressure at all. He was talking about nerves, too, like that that first uh, shift that he had on the ice. Uh, yeah, he stellar d- beginning he, there. He did have a turnover in, like, the first two minutes of the game, <laughs> and, and I think it was the one he was referring to there. But, uh, man, when he settled in, I was just saying to you guys during the break, you know, uh, when you watch this kid skate, he's a smooth skater like he belongs on the ice and it looks like he already belongs in the NHL and that's something him being a 19 year old kid you know you worry a little bit about the strength is he going to be able to adjust to the speed of the game you're playing against men now who have been here who have done this he fit in so well so smoothly that it's almost concerning like you know you're almost like whoa right. is this real and- is this legitimate and this kid he's been touted as your best prospect, the next guy on the blue line after Char is gone. And through one game, he is living up to that hype. And how about that? He was put on the top D-pairing with Chara. Yeah, which does make sense, uh, you know, because you don't want him to be a defensive liability and maybe Chara sort of masks some of the defensive mistakes that McAvoy might make out there. But it, you know what? He actually ended up being paired with Colin Miller, for, or not Colin Miller, Kevin Miller, Kevin Miller for yeah. most of the evening. So, uh, I mean, he was fine. He was fine defensively. And the, the best part about it, his puck-moving ability, because this is what this kid was supposed to be. First pass out of your own zone, he's creating the breakout. And be, uh, going up against the 1-3-1 trap, the first pass, your breakout pass, is the most important in beating the neutral zone trap. So it's not an accident that Bruce Cassidy rolled him out there for 24 minutes and 11 seconds of time on ice, which was the second most to anyone other than Zidane Ochara. He played more than Eric freaking Carlson, who's a Norris Trophy candidate this year. Yeah, you, you saw a lot of tape-to-tape passes with this kid. He's very tactic in, in the sport of hockey. And, and you got to look at you know his strengths and weaknesses early on. Um, I think I love his aggression more than anything. I, I think his only weakness is the fact that he's only played one NHL game. Right. You just don't know. You just don't know. You know exactly. It, like, what a, what a great debut for him, but can he keep it going? That's the point. And, yeah. and the thing is, like, going into this series, 
and figuring out, okay, he's going to have to start game one because Krug's out. Uh, Carlo went out with a concussion. You're thinking, all right, just, you know, McAvoy, you're going to have to be there on that third pairing. You might get 10 minutes of ice time. Just don't make a mistake. Just don't screw up. Now it's the opposite. Now you're looking at this kid as the X factor of this series, which is so much to put on his shoulders. But you know what? He played in the World Junior Championship up in Canada. I don't know if anyone saw that USA versus Canada championship. At the Bell Centre, by the way, where the Montreal Canadiens play, that tournament up in Canada is just as big as the Stanley Cup playoffs, is just as big as the World Cup or the Olympics up in Canada. That's what they that's what they celebrate, it's what they watch, it's their only sport. He played on the biggest possible stage for a kid his age and was the MVP of the World Juniors Tournament and beat the Canadian team, who always beats the U.S. team right. in World Juniors, 4-3 in overtime, and he had his fingerprints all over that. He's played in the Bean Pot. He's played in, in the NCAA Tournament, Hockey East. He's been on big stages, as big as you can be on for a kid his age. So maybe, just maybe, he doesn't know enough about the NHL playoffs, so he's sort of cruising along, but I have a feeling this kid just likes the spotlight. Sure. I mean, he could also, you're right, he could use that to his advantage, right? Because a lot of guys who are rookies that play in the regular season notice the difference, right? It's discernible to them, like, oh my God, now it's the playoffs. I see the intensity is a lot more. The, right? the lights are brighter. For this kid, he doesn't know what regular season hockey's like. No, he doesn't. This is his first no. taste of NHL hockey, happens to be in the playoffs. So for him, this is just hockey in right. the NHL. Right. And, and you know what? It's. It's really something to for a kid his age, obviously, to come into the NHL playoffs where the intensity gets ramped up tenfold, right, right from the get-go. And you could see it in Game 1. The intensity was so different from what we've seen in the regular season. You almost forget, because the Bruins haven't been here in two years, how much more intense it is. And this kid fit right in. 24-11 on ice is nothing to sneeze at. That kid was on the ice. He was all over the place. And he had his fingerprints, by the way, on the game-winning goal, which I'm going to take you guys through, but because if you look at the stat sheet, right, no shots on goal, uh, didn't have a point, Mm -hmm. and was a plus one. So when you look at the stat sheet, you're going, what's the big deal? You know, what's why is everyone so high on this kid? It's the little things he does that contribute to a hockey team having success. Yeah, and I was going to say, he's made for the moment. He he really is, and I I think it's great for the Bruins to add a piece like this kid. You know, he brings the uh, you know intangibles that doesn't show up in the box scores. Day was you know talking about pure skater. You know, he's very aggressive, really um, tactic with passing. Um, he he definitely takes risks, but sometimes those risks are rewarding. So I I think if he has that mindset moving forward into the series, into these playoffs. I think uh, Cassidy has to use this to his, his advantage because he has such a young, smart skater. Mm-hmm. He doesn't make a lot of errors, as we've seen in the first game. We have to see you know, what comes up next. But I think if he plays straight, clean hockey, he's really got a promising future, not only this year, but moving forward yeah. for next year. The, the mentality that the Bruins can have almost is like when you get a midseason acquisition, it's like, oh, now we have this guy. He can sort of be a, a key cog in, in our system. Sure. Except they're getting that midseason acquisition after the season has ended and we're, we've already played game one of the playoffs. Right, and, and so you you say, okay, Charlie McAvoy's probably not going to go anywhere if he duplicates his game one effort, uh, which I think in game one, uh, the one thing that I will say – you know, because it wasn't, uh, it, I, don't, I don't think that it was anything super crazy. You know, for a 19-year-old, absolutely crazy. But, uh, you know, overall, 
again, the stat sheet doesn't really show, and this kid's touted as a, a sort of an offensive defenseman, but I think the idea with him rolling him out there was make smart decisions, get your feet wet here, do what you do, play your game. Get acclimated. But, but, yeah. but make smart decisions, focus a little more on that. Now I think in game two he's going to be unleashed just that much more, you know, because he had no shots on goal. I want to see some shots from this kid because he's, he's got a shot. He can shoot, and he, he's a great quarterback on the power play. Uh, when he went down to Providence, all the talk was he immediately went on to that power play and became the quarterback. Yeah, he did. You know, so and he made a couple great passes on the power play to Pasternak, who rang a post in the first period off of a Charlie McAvoy pass. So he could have had an assist on that had it gone in. But, uh, you know, it, little things like that, just having a little more confidence in the offense, as opposed to I, I think he was a little bit uh, tentative in terms of taking some of the risks that I saw him take in the World Juniors mm-hmm. or at BU, which is good. You don't want him taking all the risks you've seen him take at the lower levels because this is the NHL and people will make you pay. But I want to quickly go over the shift, the game-winning goal, because we just talked about how if you look at the stat sheet for him, nothing to write home about, no shots on goal, no points, but a plus one. So let me take you through the plus one real quick, guys, all right? Yeah. So this shift uh, starts at about 340, the 340 mark. The Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak combination comes out on offense. McAvoy and Chara get out there on D. Uh, Ottawa starts the breakout from their own end, going down the left wing boards towards McAvoy, who starts going backwards a little bit, but that makes a quick step and a poke check to break up the breakout. All right? That's the first thing he does. He gets the puck back in his own end at about 320. He's skating through the neutral zone, creates the entry pass down his own left wing boards. So he gets the entry into the zone here on this shift that they ultimately end up scoring. That's at 320. Right. 30 sec- uh, 20 seconds later, at about 259, Ottawa has a chance to clear the puck down his side. Now he's on the other side of the ice, by the way. So he makes that pass, the entry pass down the left wing boards. Now he shifts to the right wing boards. There's an opportunity for Ottawa to clear. McAvoy pinches, which is ballsy for a 19-year-old. It was. He gets it stuck in his skates. Yep. But composed as ever, this kid gets it out of his own skates, puts it back down low with the stick. So he keeps it in once there. And then exactly 10 seconds later, because I, I, I had to go back, watch this, and track the time. 10 seconds later, Ottawa has their second chance to clear the puck. Who else but McAvoy is there again, holding his ground at the blue line, because this wasn't along the boards. So, so when you as a team are breaking out along the boards, there's a better ability for the defense to pinch. There's less room for you to skate out of your own end. Right, yep. This was not necessarily along the boards. It was more towards the middle of the ice. Towards the middle, I remember Which most defensemen, most pro defensemen, are going to start skating back. Yep. You know, get back on D because they're coming. This kid held held his ground. Another ballsy move. But it's because he's a scoring defender, too. He's got that that offensive mentality. Right. So it's a risk, but when when you've got the ability to do it you know the composure and the hand-eye coordination to whack the puck back in which is what he does second at 10 49 you you go ahead and you take that risk yep. especially now you're you've been in the zone for about 40 seconds all right so now ottawa's getting tired ottawa had two chances to clear the puck on this shift mm-hmm. mcavoy stopped both of them mcavoy made the pinch on both so without mcavoy this goal never happens that was at 249 he makes his second pinch keeps the puck in and at 233 you get the game winner off the stick of Brad Marchand. And that was a broken up play. Uh, the puck ended up moving back down low after McAvoy's pinch. It comes out to Brad Marchand, who makes a uh, pass over to Pasternak, who makes a pass over to Bergeron. His shot gets blocked, bounces over to Marchand, wide open net, game-winning goal. 
That goal never happens without Charlie McAvoy on the ice making those two pinches. Because in that whole 55-second shift that the Bruins had Ottawa hemmed in their own zone, which means tired legs for the Senators, a team who sucks in their own zone anyway. They cannot play defense once you get them hemmed in. They're tired and they're bad playing D in their own end. You make those two keeps, those are, those are two of the biggest plays of that game when you consider they end up ultimately scoring the game winner on that shift at 233 left in the third period. Right. And, and that's not even to mention that there's 233 left in a tie game in the NHL playoffs. I know. And this kid has the composure to do that. It, it, it unreal. Is, it is unreal. And I think, you know, going into game two, game three, I think Dave's, you know, hit the nail on the head when you're talking about steps. You know, you just don't jump to, you know, assumption in regards to, I'm going to dominate the puck. I'm going to dominate this game. You got to take steps. And then you get the total package as you go into the series and into the playoffs. And if he has moments like these that he brings to the table, the the Bruins are in good, great shape because they have one of the guys that just does the it factor. And McAvoy is doing it right now. And I'm not saying he's doing everything correct, but he's doing everything that matters. Right. He, right. he, he was... So good, guys. I, I can't. I'm like a, no. I know, I'm like fawning over. Yeah, right here's the thing. Now. I don't want. I don't oh want to fall. I don't want to fall. I got a chubby for Charlie. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. I don't want to fall in the trap though of putting too much pressure on this kid by no, by late. kind of fawning over him too much. You know what I mean? No, but it is. It's too late because now he's the X factor of this series. It, it, it wasn't like anyone thought that going in, but he performs like that, and guess what? He's Without Carlo, who is a puck-moving defenseman, without Krug, who is a puck-moving defenseman, and now you're without Colin Miller, who is your third puck-moving defenseman. They had to call up Joe Morrow for today's game because Colin Miller's going to be out. You need this kid now. And it wasn't supposed to, it wasn't written like that, it wasn't planned like that, but now you need him. After and, you, after and, you hey, see what he can do. It's yeah. a lot of pressure to put on a kid. But what did we just see? And it's not he a played, bad thing. He played 24-11 yeah. in the Stanley Cup playoffs. He was ready. He belonged. He was prepared for this moment. And he came through. And, and, and doesn't it say more when you look at the fact that, as you've been saying all, uh, all show so far, Dave, that he hasn't really lit up the score sheet at all. He didn't no. put much on the stat sheet. And we're still fawning over him. Doesn't that say more? Absolutely. He did all the right things defensively that you didn't want him to make any defensive right. mistakes. He took enough risks. At the right moments. He made good decisions, which is what you want to see from a young player, is good decision-making over everything else. I would like to see today, uh, I want to see, he was a little trigger shy. You know, I, it was like he didn't want to necessarily shoot the, shoot the puck. He's yeah. taken scoring chances away from guys who have been yeah, there. He doesn't want to step on any toes. But you know what? Do Sh it. Shoot the puck because even if you miss the net or anything, you're going to make the defense step to you and obey the shot. You, you, gotta, you can't just be passing it off the Parsonak on the power play because they'll start defending it. So when you actually start pulling the trigger on those shots on the power play, then the defense has to defend it. They have to account for that shot. And, they, and, and it opens other things up on the ice, more he, passing opportunities and all that. I want to see him start earning respect from his opponent. I think that that's what Dave's talking about, is earn respect in regards to what talents you have. And if you have a rocket of a shot, they're gonna respect, they have to respect that. Absolutely. And if you're Ottawa, you're probably coming at that kid a lot today. Oh, yeah. What do you got, kid? Because we're not going to be put down by a 19-year-old who just played his first game in the NHL and everyone's going crazy over him. If you're the Senators, you're probably attacking Charlie McAvoy's side of the ice a hell of a lot today. Let's see what you're made of. 603-883-9900. When we come back from this quick break, we'll discuss the other team that plays at the Garden. The Boston Celtics will kick off their postseason tomorrow against the Chicago Bulls. We'll talk about that next on the Sports Blast ESPN New Hampshire. 
1250 ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's local ESPN. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. If there's one thing the pros at Advanced Auto know, it's parts. Advanced Auto Parts and Batteries. This is Sabrina. Hey, Sabrina. My car needs an oil change. We do have five quarts of Mobile One Synthetic for $29.99. That's a great price, right? It's a pretty good deal. Sounds good. That will protect your car in all seasons. Hey, you know your stuff. Why do British singers lose their accent when they sing? I'm sorry? Advanced Auto Parts. We know everything about auto parts. Now get five quarts of Mobile One Full Synthetic or Mobile One High Mileage Motor Oil and a Mobile One Filter for just $29.99. See store for details. Also at participating CarQuest stores. Hi. Uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, it had this phone number on it, and, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah. Hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, just want to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger in Massachusetts and New Hampshire, and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Find your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Exercise is hard. So is maintaining a healthy diet. Of course, neither is half as hard as dying. Sadly, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and stroke kill nearly a million people a year. Even sadder, most of these deaths are preventable with a few lifestyle changes, including regular activity, healthier eating, and not smoking. Talk to your doctor about your risk for type 2 diabetes and heart disease. And if your doctor recommends lifestyle changes or medication, listen. The reason so many die is because not enough are willing to change. You can stop it starting right now. It's your life. Listen to your doctor. Eat better. Get moving. Visit CheckupAmerica.org or call 1-800-DIABETES. A message from the American Diabetes Association. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. Aaron Hernandez was found not guilty yesterday for a 2012 double homicide that took place in Boston's South End. After six days of deliberations, the jury acquitted the former Patriots tight end on every charge except unlawful possession of a firearm. Hernandez is still serving a life sentence for the 2013 murder of Odin Lloyd. The Bruins are back in action today. They will be facing the Ottawa Senators in Game 2 of their first-round series. Forward David Krejci has been ruled out for the game. He's dealing with an upper body injury, and he did not practice with the team yesterday. Puck drop at Canadian Tire Center in Ottawa is at 3 p.m. You can catch the game on NBC. The Red Sox fell to the race 10-5 last night. Rick Porcello was absolutely shelled, allowing eight earned runs over just four and a third innings of work. He was tagged for four home runs, including a grand slam by Logan Morrison in the third inning. Porcello is now 1-1 on the season with a 7.56 ERA. 
The Sox will turn to Chris Sale today. He'll be opposed by Jacob Rizzi. First pitch from Fenway is at 4.05. The Celtics will kick off their postseason tomorrow at the Garden. They'll be opposed by Rajon Rondo, Jimmy Butler, and the Chicago Bulls. Tip-off in that game is at 6.30. Those are your Sports Center updates. Be sure to listen in live on ESPNNHradio.com as well as tune in and check us out on ESPNNHradio.com. I'm Ashish Sharma Doko. Anywhere the Sports Bus continues right now. So 3883-9900 back here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire and ESPN NHRadio.com. Ashish Sharma, Dave Pollard, and Mark Lazell taking you up till 2 p.m. this afternoon. Uh, let's get into the Celtics, guys. Number yeah. one seed for the first time since the 07-08 season. They will be taking on the Chicago Bulls, which is the matchup I wanted in the first round. And when we were talking about this a week ago, we were talking about, you know what, you want to get the Bulls in the first round, so maybe you should get the number two seed because at the time the Bulls were hanging around the seventh seed, I believe. Right, with Indiana. But you know what, it worked out in the end, and you got home court through the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. So it worked out in the end. Now the only question is can Brad Stevens finally get that elusive first series win or like he has not yet won a postseason series as the head coach of the Celtics oh, no. so will that happen oh, as a better. number one seed you have to he, he needs to because if he's going to be called you know one of the best coaches in the NBA you got to show it because it's just like Peyton Manning you could be the best regular season quarterback and not you know win a playoff series it doesn't matter because you're not going to go down as one of the best of all time with Brad Stevens he needs to start building his resume the proper way in the NBA and I think this is the best opponent for them because when you look at the Miami Heat, when you look at you know the Indiana Pacers, those teams will make you work. They will make you work hard. Okay. Now Rajon Rondo, Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler, you know they've set their ways now. They're back on track, and I think the reason why is because Dwayne Wade um, was getting some rest. So Jimmy Butler, you know, kind of thrived into that role of as a superstar with Rajon Rondo being the facilitator. For the Chicago Bulls. Now, I, I think it's great because I think their bench is horrific. You know, you get rid of Todd Gibson, you get rid of Doug, Doug McDermott at the deadline. It doesn't help your team. If anything, it gets worse. So all the weight's going to be on Jimmy Butler's shoulders. And I'm telling you right now, if Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder can somehow, you know, keep this guy in check, th- th- there's no doubt that the Celtics will win this series easily within five or six games. And, and, Everybody talking about Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade's not really going to have an impact. I, honestly, I don't think. He might average 10 to 12 points a game, but we're not going to see the Dwayne Wade like old. I mean, Dwayne Wade is one of the – I don't know if this is maybe putting him too high, but he is one of the all-time great playoff performers. He is. Well, yeah, right, and don't you think that a lot of these guys sort of take a rest during the regular season anyway, and can't he just sort of pour it all out there in the playoffs and would, be at the top of his I would his say game? that normally about LeBron. Like, I don't know if that's necessarily true of Dwayne Wade. I mean, look, he does have the pedigree when it comes to performing in the playoffs, but in terms of taking it easy during the regular season just to, you know, ramp it up in the playoffs, I think LeBron has got that down to a science in which, like, he can literally just flip a switch and just 
exponentially uh, increase his his production in the postseason. I don't know if there's anyone else in the NBA that can do that. They they tend to stay more on like a, a, a line where it's the same type of production even once they enter the postseason. But yeah, I mean, you look at this uh, Bulls roster. I mean, obviously Jimmy Butler's the guy you got to worry about, but right. I wouldn't sleep on Rajon Rondo either. I mean, we saw this for however many years he was in Boston, with like eight seasons he was here, and what would we always say about Rajon Rondo? He takes nights off when they're not on national TV. When they're on national TV, when they're, when they're in the postseason, what are we seeing from Rondo? We're seeing triple-doubles, 17 assists, right. 20 points, 13 rebounds. We're seeing that type of player emerge when the bright lights are on, right. and that's all it's going to be in this series. So I think we might see some vintage Rondo here. So don't count that out as, you know, Rondo's past his prime. No. He's no longer the player he used to be. I wouldn't be surprised if Rondo comes out firing today considering not only that it's the postseason, but it's his old team in his old, uh, you know, it's the garden. It's his, his old stopping grounds. I wouldn't be surprised to see Rondo come out firing and, and end up with a triple-double tonight. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because ESPN Boston's Chris Forsberg wrote an article on Isaiah Thomas, you know, talking about Rajon Rondo. And Isaiah Thomas referenced him as national television Rondo. And he, he says that I'm, I'm a fan of this game. I know whether he tries or not, you know, those big games, he always going to be ready for them. And the reason why he says that is because Rajon Rondo does take nights off during the regular season where he doesn't want to play, you know, to, to his advantage if he's playing, you know, against the Sacramento Kings or the Pelicans, all these, you know, crappy teams out there. So I, I think, you know, when you look at, you know, Rajon Rondo and his talent, he has the ability to take over. He if, does. If, if Rondo but, played consistently like that, he would be mentioned in the same breath as Chris Paul. Unfortunately, he never did that. But, Ashish, to that point, there's no supporting cast. And, and I, I'm going to go back to it. I just feel like this roster isn't built for Rajon Rondo and Jimmy Butler to thrive in. Uh, you know, Fred Hoiberg and the, the Chicago Bulls went on a nice little run. But that, that run's over with, in my eyes. I think the Celtics are going to come out, and they're either going to sweep this team or it's going to go five. And at the end of the day, sweep. Well, because at the end of the day, it matters on depth. Okay, because I think if you look at Jimmy Butler, he's not. We said this throughout the entire season, especially at the deadline. He's not a game changer, a superstar, the guy that can take over a game. Okay, he's he's a uh, equitable, um, you know, two two way player that can play, you know, decent on both sides of the floor. It, 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 he's not a game changer, LeBron James, say, Paul he, George. Yeah, he may not be, but the Celtics don't have that guy either. It's not Isaiah Thomas, and but I would Chicago say that Jimmy doesn't have that depth. They don't have the depth. But if you're going to talk about who has the big, the more star power, yeah, they, maybe the, Chicago's more top heavy. They don't have the depth that the Celtics do. But I would argue that Jimmy Butler is a hell of a lot better as a player than Isaiah Thomas simply because he has the size. He can play on both ends of the floor, whereas we know Isaiah Thomas is a defensive liability, especially late in games. So, yeah, I would say that if you look at the star power, Chicago clearly has the advantage in that department, but but they don't have the depth. To that point, though, you have the superstar versus the depth. What do you want? And oh, I'll take the depth. I would take the depth yeah. because Jimmy Butler's not that type of superstar, and that's the point I'm trying to make. He's, a, a, you know, a decent above-average player. You know, I wouldn't go all out. I would go all out for Paul George or LeBron James or Anthony Davis. He's not a game changer. He's he's a guy that's you know gonna make big shots here and there. He's not gonna make it on a consistent basis. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Exactly right. So if if Isaiah Thomas wants to prove that he's one of the best players in the NBA, he better be going toe-to-toe with Jimmy Butler and showing him up. Because Jimmy Butler can play defensively, 
But with Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, all these guys knocking down shots, it's going to be huge for ball movement to play a role in this game. And Jalen Brown's going to have to get touches somewhere. Is he not the best player on the court, though, in this series, Jimmy Butler? I he, would say he that. Isn't he, isn't he the best player out it's, there? It's he him is. and then Isaiah Thomas. Right. And, and then who? After isn't that, it, it's isn't du- it Dwayne Wade? It's probably Dwayne Wade after that, yeah. And then isn't it probably I'd close probably go when Rondo. you go to Rondo? Rondo and, or Bradley. I go to Bradley. And, and Avery yeah. Bradley. Yeah. Like, it's closer than you think when it comes to the top players on these two teams. But I think you're right. The depth, the bench, the coaching, all in the Celtics' favor. And let's not forget that success breeds confidence. The Chicago Bulls team was crap all year. They're not going to beat the Celtics in a, in a first-round playoff series with this much on the line for the Seas. Their reputation's on the line. They're being called a fraudulent first seed in I the feel, Eastern I, Conference. I believe that you were one of the people that was saying that last week. Yes, of course. They are a fraud first <laughs> seed. They are, but, it, I mean, it breeds confidence, does it not? No, it does. When people like me say they're a fraudulent sure, first place team. Sure, it puts a chip on their team. shoulder. It Absolutely. puts a chip on their shoulder. It and makes they, them feel disrespectful. They know what people are saying all week. They, they've they been harping on, hey, we're the number one seed. Oh, hey, you know what? Uh, the standings are what they are. The regular season is what it is. We're the number one seed. So I don't know why people don't think that we could succeed in the postseason. Well, it's because you haven't. It's because you haven't. So I, I need to see them actually succeed in the postseason to be well, satisfied at all with this team's success here's the thing. this if you, year. If you look at Brad Stevens' postseason history with the Celtics, he's only, I mean, in my eyes, I know he got swept. One and done, the, I know that. No, 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 but he got swept by the Cavs the first time that uh, he took the Celtics to the postseason. Then he lost to the Hawks last year. I know this is probably not the right way to think of it, but I'm going to throw out that Cavs series. They were never getting past the Cavs, period, in that series ever. Okay? They were not. They got swept. You can hold that against them, but you can't you can't put it on them for losing to the Cavs in the first round two years ago when Kevin Love injured his sh- shoulder. I'm sorry, you can't put that on them. They were never going to beat the Cavs. What you can get on Brad Stevens for is losing to the Hawks last year. Yeah. That's a series that they absolutely should have won. So for me, even though Brad Stevens has two one and dones in the postseason, I only count one of them. I only count it was the offensive one. and lame. So double offensive. <laughs> <laughs> I only count the la- I only count the last run against the Hawks. Now that he's a number one seed, there's a lot of pressure on him. You cannot lose in the first round if you're a number one seed. No, you can't. Because you if can't. he does it, that, it will be it the not- most unacceptable thing that they've done in the past three years with Brad Stevens. Then what you're doing is you're proving all the naysayers right. You're that saying you're, oh, fraud- you're, you're fraud number one. Exactly, and they are. Look, they are. Cleveland's better. Cleveland is better. You can make the argument Toronto is better. When they're fully healthy, when they have Lowry and I would, the I would sure. even go as far as the Wizards. The Wizards possibly. are they're you probably can make they're... the argument for the Wizards. So look, look, they've had success though, right? That should inspire them to go out here and crush the Bulls. The Bulls had a crap season, and that should carry over. It's not like they were rolling into the postseason. No, and, and if I'm if I'm the Celtics, you know this is a wake up call in the early franchise. They're, they're way ahead of the game in regards to the development. You know, everybody's saying that, you know, they have to tank now. You know, that they're proving them wrong. And they're proving them wrong in the right way after the Paul Pierce, KG, Ray Allen era. It's now time for Brad Stevens to make his mark on the Celtics organization. And now's the time to do it, being the number one seed. Oh, he's got to win. He's got to win this series. No doubt about it. Gotta I don't know what happens. All right, wrapping up our number one here on the Sports Blast. We'll be back with more Celtics talk as well as, well as Aaron Hernandez coming up after this. ESPN New Hampshire.